0: Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of The Drop-In CEO, and I want to thank you for joining us on another episode of the podcast where week after week, I speak to amazing leaders who share their insights with you and hopefully inspire you. And if you love this episode, and I know you will, please subscribe, rate, review, tell others so we can continue to bring you great programming. And on a personal note, just know I am here to help the C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow navigate your challenges with confidence. And today, I am honored to bring back onto the Drop-In CEO podcast, my friend, Jared Martin. And Jared is a talented C-suite leader who is very achievement-oriented. He has an entrepreneurial spirit and has an extensive experience in operations management, strategic planning, and business growth. He's a family man, he's a spiritual person, and he has an amazing story that I can't wait for you to share with us. Welcome to the show, Jared.
1: Thanks, Deb. I appreciate
0: it. So for my listeners, I found Jared about a year, year and a half ago. I was looking to reach out to C-suite leaders who were in the flavors, fragrance industry, people that had amazing experiences. And we'll get this in the show notes, the episode that he was on. But he shared this amazing journey of what he was doing then. But since then, the power of the network, we have reconnected. And I would love for him to share a little bit more about his story, especially his thought leader because it's very profound. And I think a lot, a lot of people can benefit for it. So Jared, please just bring us up to speed a little bit on yourself personally, as well as your career journey.
1: Yeah, thanks, Deb. And thanks for having me on the Drop in CEO podcast for the second time. So, yeah, the first time we got connected, I was introduced to you through a mutual connection we had from the flavor and fragrance kind of industry. At that point, I was in the hemp industry. So, myself and another co founder, we started a company where we walked into the hemp industry and we took the approach where what was really popular at the time was to be a vertically integrated business. So you own everything from the farm all the way through to the sales. And we looked at that and said, well, that isn't really scalable for this industry. And it wasn't something that we wanted to approach ourselves. And we wanted to partner with the experts because we knew we couldn't be the experts in everything. So we had done that where we focused on the R&D and the product development and then the manufacturing side of these products. And so we in-house manufacturing some, but for larger clients, we outsourced that. And we grew that to a point where we did well and we were acquired and merged with another company. And I think that's when our paths crossed at that time. We did really well and and we were with them for the past couple of years. And then my co-founder and I, uh, towards the end of last year, decided to resign and step away from that and look for our next opportunities and and what we were going to pursue after that. And so that kind of brought me to this point. Give a little background as well. I've been married almost 15 years father of four up to one, my oldest will be twelve this week, down to almost four years old. So keeps us busy. I get to coach soccer, all the fun stuff to be involved with the family. So I'm just trying to be intentional every single day with my family.
0: You know, we are going to go there and I really appreciate a little bit about your story. There's so much to what we bring to our communities, not only our work experience, but also the importance of family. And I noticed that I'm going to take it here right now. You do write a lot on LinkedIn lately, for which I didn't realize what good a writer you were. And one of the topics that you talk about a lot is around fatherhood and intentionality. So what is the passion behind putting these thoughts out into the world? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, you know, you look at the end of life for a lot of people that have been very successful in the business world. The only regret they ever have is that they didn't spend more time with their kids. They didn't spend more time being intentional with their family. They did everything they could in the business world. They acquired wealth and fortune and they were dedicated to their craft and excellent at what they did, but they missed out on key moments in their family. I've been trying to kind of communicate this to, to people to help them understand, and guess what? At the end of the day, jobs will come and go. Careers will change. But your kids, you have one shot with them. And as they get older, the relationship changes. And so it's it's different when they're a baby to a toddler to a child to a teenager. I'm getting into those teenage years now. And so every step is different. I've even been told that parenting adult children is the hardest stage of of parenting. So I'm not even there yet, but looking forward to that. And I had a elderly lady years ago tell me when my oldest was an infant. She said very wisely, and I didn't quite grasp it in the moment, but she made the statement. She said, the days are long and the years are short. And I was right in the midst of those long days and my wife, especially more so than myself. But now I look back and in my 12 year old, like if she leaves at 18 to go off to college and moves out, like I only have six more years with her. And so how can I be intentional with those moments and and how can I be intentional with the rest of my kids? And I think that's the thing. I don't want to get to the end of my life and regret all the time I focus on my career and was successful. And and believe me, I have have goals. I want to achieve things. I want to do those things. But I also want children who want to be around me when they're adults and want to come back and be around me and, and look to me as a mentor and a model for what they want in their future as well. And so that's kind of what led me to be intentional with this and kind of speak out to them because I think there's a lot of people out there who are trying to figure out how to really balance. And you even commented on one of the first times I wrote about this and you said, I don't know if balance is fully there, a hundred percent, right? Back and forth, but it's an 80 20 at times. And there's, not, and I agree with that. There's got to be a balance sometimes where, you know, you can't just sit at home all day with your kids. But when you are home, are you all in in that moment? Or are you distracted? Are you thinking about work? And I'm someone who my wife for years has said, hey, can you put down your phone? Can you stop emailing? Like, that's all going to be there in the morning. Can you just pay attention here? And it's a good reminder, I think, for all of us that, hey, be where your feet are. As Ron Rivera, NFL head coach, made that comment, if your feet are at work, then be at work. If your feet are at home, then be at home. Try to be intentional in every single moment you're in and live in that moment. And I think that's so important. I think so many people are fighting that and trying to figure out how to do it well, but they just don't know how. Or there's this pressure in your career where you have to achieve and you have to achieve the next thing. And so you're so focused on that, that you forget about the other. And the other is just as important. The parenthood, the husband or the wife, it's just as important as the career as well. One just provides the money and the other provides the family.
0: uh, You are singing to my heart right now because that's always been a challenge. I mean, as a high performer, a one personality, you think you can be superwoman, superman and get everything done. And then I realized when people pass in your life or you don't get that job opportunity or all these misfortune and you say, I've worked so hard, then you reflect back and say, you know, i got to give myself grace. If I can get only 80% of the things I wanted to get done that week, and maybe the laundry doesn't get put away, but I spent some time with my husband or took a walk with the dog or something like that, life is good. Because yeah. that extra 20%, if you try to do everything, something's going to break. You may get that promotion, but the body's going to break. The family might break. The community might not benefit from your leadership or your participation. So sound words. <laughs> Thank you for sharing I that. You. I so appreciate yeah. starting off the interview that yeah. way. It's so important. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because when we were talking during our discovery call, you are just such an attuned to what your strengths and weaknesses are. One of the things that, you know, as you're looking for that next opportunity, you lead from a place of curiosity. And I think it's an important concept, leading from curiosity, because it will guide you even when you're venturing into areas that you're not familiar. So I'm curious about your approach or thoughts about being curious.
1: Yeah, curiosity has been something that has always been kind of who I am. As a kid, I asked a lot of questions. I was curious about a lot of things. I didn't like the status quo answer. You know, they always say, hey, when you meet someone, don't ask them what they do in their career. But I find like that's one of my favorite questions for me because I'm such a curious person because it's not just to fill the gap. It's not just to not be awkward in conversation. I love to learn what people do and how they do it. How do they accomplish it? Who do they interact with? And I think that's so important because you find out who people are because that's what they do the majority of their day. They spend 8, 10, 12 hours a day working out of the 24 hours they have. This is vital sometimes to who they are as an individual, as an achiever, as someone who strives to get things done. And so I just love to learn what people do. And I get that pretty honest, my mom, we'd be at Disneyland and we'd be in line for two hours. And by the end of the the ride, getting off the ride, it felt like we were going to be going on vacation with the people who were around us. My mom just engaged with everyone. And she was just curious. She would just ask questions. And my wife has even said at times, like, we'll be in a conversation together with someone and I'm asking questions and we walk away. And she said, I was so shocked by some of the questions you asked and thought, oh my goodness, I can't believe he's asking these questions. But then I was even more shocked that they answered And I said, listen, I know the limit. I know how far to go in asking a question. But at the same time, people love to talk about themselves. And people love to share what's going on in their lives. And so... By being curious, we can understand better about people and we can really grow in our knowledge. And and what can I take from those people in in an industry or a career that I'm not in? How can I take those things that I learned from them and apply that to my current setting or what I'm doing currently in my life every single day? And that's where I, I think the curiosity has always benefited me. That's what kind of led us into the hemp industry. We were curious about it, we didn't have a background in it, and we jumped in and I learned things, my co-founder learned things, and we were a great team together. And by us being curious, we did really good work and we enjoyed our time in that industry.
0: Mm, You know, what I love about that, and this is such a strong piece of advice for leaders is really being curious is about connecting with humanity. Yes, it may enrich ourselves, but you've connected with a human because you've shown sincere interest in what they're doing. When we come to work, sometimes we put that aside and it's all about the transaction, transaction, Mm -hmm. and getting the result. And we forget that there are humans behind what we do. And it is Mm -hmm. a little bit more than just having coffee or how was your day or how was your weekend, but honestly being caring. And you can only do that to your point earlier about being intentional, being present for even Mm -hmm. the people at work. And that curiosity also, like you said, was Taking a risk, you never know what you might learn from somebody, or hey, they can introduce you to somebody. Curiosity could be an amazing superpower as an entry into even taking risks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And curiosity, when you think about that as well, it's a key to learning. Mm. And if you're not curious, you're not going to be growing. I, I believe the best leaders are those who are curious because you want to figure out, you want to learn, you want to understand something differently. And so you're going to ask different questions to figure that out. I just listened to a podcast this morning and the individual that was being interviewed, one of the ways how he leads is he he had three words. He said, "I I listen, I learn, and then I lead. And too many, I think, leaders flip that. They come in and they lead. They never listen they never learn. And he said, what I do is I go in and I listen to what the people that have already been there are doing and what they've done. And then I I, I walk away from that and I I, I write that down. I, I, I think to myself, I think this is what they're saying. And then I go back to them And I say, hey, this is what I believe you said. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, now I lead. And he was the CEO of a a major airline. So, I mean, thousands and thousands of employees. This isn't like just a small business owner. This is a very influential individual. And and that resonated with me because I think a lot of times as leaders, we're not curious enough to listen and then to try to understand where people have been and what they've done. And it doesn't mean what they've done that didn't work can't work. But if we're curious enough, we can relook look at it from a different angle and then apply it to move it forward. So I think that's that's key too with curiosity is, is to, to listen and then apply that to lead well as you move forward. Because that gives people buy-in, right? When people know you listen and you care, they're more willing to follow you. But when you come in and just kind of put your hand down on people and say, this is what we're doing, and you don't care about leading them well and, and listening to them, they're less likely to follow your leadership.
0: Mm. These are sound words, and I even talk a lot in my podcast as well as my blog posts that we as leaders need to listen more <laughs> because mm-hmm. when we collect data, we slow things down it's depending on the situation. Maybe it's a bit of chaos. People respect you for maybe being a little bit quiet because when you then do speak, mm-hmm. clarify, or say, I propose we now do this, people will really respect that. Again, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about getting the results, but the connection and the respect that we give people through that curiosity, through that deep listening. Ultimately, it's these relationships that we're trying to foster. And then we get the transactions or the outcomes that we want to achieve. I'm interrupting this episode to offer an absolutely free networking and educational opportunity I have created and I want you to be there. If you're a mid-level manager that loves your team and has a desire to accelerate your leadership growth, it is possible for you to become that executive leader in the next 24 months. Regardless of your area of specialty, and I know so many of you are talented, you have what it takes to be on the front line, collaborate with others, and get the job done. However, let me show you how to leverage that specialized knowledge to create solid connections with other leaders while shifting your focus from day-to-day leadership skills to long-term CEO strategy. Head over to my website, dropinceo.com, and click on the Drop-In CEO Collective to register for your next meeting. Now, back to the conversation. So I want to stay on this topic a little bit because one of the things that you're doing now, but also you've always been this way, is that you Believe in continuing to grow in knowledge and learning. So, I'm just curious, as a senior leader, what do you do to make sure that you're constantly growing, learning new things while you're trying to do the daily work, the managing the family, and everything like that?
1: I think podcasts are one of the best tools out there that are free, and there's so much knowledge out there. For example, the Drop in CEO podcast. It's such a good resource for people to pick up. We even had this conversation the other day where I said. Deb, I said, what's incredible, it's not just about the C-suite already, but for people who are aspiring to the C-suite, this is a perfect podcast to listen to because you're interviewing these C-suite leaders who have years and years of experience, not just the education, but they've done it. They've led well in large companies, large organizations, and maybe they're consulting now. Steve Looney, he mentioned he consults with companies in the $50 to $100 million range, and most people don't work for companies that large. So a large amount of people don't work for companies that large. Now, there are a lot, but what can you learn from Steve Looney or Wayne Howard that you had on your, on your podcast that you can then apply to help you get to the C-suite? Because not everyone is in the C-suite yet, but a lot of people are aspiring to that. And your podcast, for one, is one of those where there's just so much great information you can gain from that. And so not just your podcast, the Learning Leader podcast, if you're familiar with that one check that one out because he interviews a lot of leaders. That's one I was listening to this morning as well. Audiobooks. If you're someone who's active, I like to work out or run. And what better way to do something while you're lifting weights or running, but to have something in your ears that you can listen to and you can grow in your knowledge. And so I think those are some of the key things that I love to do myself. But it's also just that that curiosity, like continuing to learn and engaging. It's, it's, it's understanding LinkedIn. There's so many things on LinkedIn that we're not even tapping into. One of my favorite features that I picked up on probably a few months ago, was the save post feature. It's something that's not, it doesn't have it right on each person's post, but there's those three dots up in the top right corner. And if you click on that, it drops down and you can save post. And so there's so much great content on LinkedIn and so many thought leaders out there that are just putting out great content, post articles, whatever it might be but we don't always have the time to read those in the moment. So one of the great features of LinkedIn there is to save that post and then take some dedicated time to come back to it. How I utilize that a lot is I'll make a mental note of what I just saved. And then later on when I'm when I'm going through something or I'm trying to understand a problem that I'm dealing with, I'll try to remember back and I'll think, hey, did I ever save something? And I can jump back in there and just scan down through and see. And then I can click on the article and it gives you some great advice or great information or something you can apply to the problem you're currently facing. And so I think that's the thing is is always be looking for a solution. And always having your eyes open, your ears open for what's out there. I heard David Novak, the CEO of Young Brands at one time, make a comment that he said the way he discovered and came up with the idea for Cool Ranch Doritos was on a late night run to the grocery store. There's a CEO, right, uh, of a major company. He's making a late night run. And he said, I decided to walk down through the salad dressing aisle. And I thought I was always trying to look for ideas. And he said, as I scanned down through all the different salad dressings, the one that had the most different varieties was Ranch. It had all sorts of varieties. And I thought, man, is there something to a, a Ranch Dorito? And he took that back to his team, and it's one of the most successful products. And he also talks about the fact that he also is the reason that Clear Pepsi came to existence. And it's one of the top 10 worst product launches in the history of CPG. And he didn't listen to the people around him that were the experts. He just pushed it through and kept moving that forward. But I think that's that's the other side is, is we can learn from anybody. Are we willing to learn from the people that we would see beneath us? I can learn from my children. I can learn from my, my almost four-year-old little girl. Are we open to, to learning from anyone, whether they're above us or below us in a hierarchy of, of our career or whatever it might be? But I think those are the keys to what can people teach us and are we aware and are we even open to that?
0: So there's so much in that. And I sincerely appreciate the slight plug for my podcast as yeah. well. I am leading from a place of passion. I was once one of those struggling, aspiring leaders that didn't have a great support system. Maybe I didn't want to listen to people. I said I could do it on my own. But since having moved up in my career, as you move up and up and up, it uh, gets quite lonely. And unless you also have built a vast network, sometimes finding answers or, or being able to navigate a problem gets very, very, very challenging. I'll tell you. I've been trying to get David Novak on my podcast oh, as well. I saw I his podcast him
1: personally, but
0: <laughs> I love what you say, and I will just weigh in as well. Podcasting can also come at a time when you need some inspiration. I too was Mm -hmm. listening to a lot of podcasts when I was first transitioning out of my last role into forming my own business. And I'll give credit to Jeffrey Shaw. At the time, it was called Creative Warriors, but people that just had this inkling, I am meant to do something different, something more, and can I actually do it? And so we brought on all of these entrepreneurs, self-employed people who had those aha moments or those visions or the belief that they could do something greater. And I'm saying to myself, I can do that. That's me. I can do that. I don't fit into a square peg anymore. I want to do Mm. me and things like that. So it just gave me that affirmation that yes, I can. And then it became an invaluable resource as I began to navigate the entrepreneurial road. So podcasts, blog posts on LinkedIn, definitely add those to your repertoire if you haven't already. Mm -hmm. So you chose to start putting your thoughts out there on LinkedIn. You chose to start really leveraging the power of LinkedIn. And I'm curious about what led you to finding that it is a valuable tool and what have you gained from it other than just simply the resources, because there are so many C-suite leaders that don't put their thoughts out there. Mm -hmm. When their marketing department puts out that great PowerPoint or that launch, it looks like they're posting it, but they don't even put any additional comments in there. And I think essentially we need to put ourselves forward, not the employer or the work that we need to do, but we need to put ourselves out there so that people know that we are the leaders worth following or aligning with. What got you into the LinkedIn area and what value have you gleaned from it?
1: Yeah, just to kind of reiterate what you just said about how many people aren't utilizing it. I jumped into Sales Navigator to try to figure out how do I network better with the right people for my next career move. And one of the features that I do when I'm searching for the right people I'm looking for within the network that I'm looking for, the Cincinnati area, right? I'm trying to stay within this greater Cincinnati area was one of the features you can select is, have they posted in the last 30 days? And what's interesting about that is there will be hundreds of people, and then you click that one extra feature, and it limits it way down. And how many people aren't... I mean, that's just like someone who is like liking a post, someone who's on there who's engaging in there. So even commenting, not even posting their own information or their own knowledge, it's just being active on there. And how many people aren't using that? So... Number one, I would say everyone should be on there utilizing it because it's just a vast network of people. But speaking to that with LinkedIn, you know, over the past few years, while I was busy building what we were doing, I thought that was going to be my long term plan forever, right? That was kind of the thing. And so as a result, I didn't focus on my network. I wasn't intentional trying to build that out. And I look back over that and I regret that now. I wish I would have. And not like, I, I can't go back and change it. But if I could do anything different, it would have been to continue to build out my network during that time. I would accept connection requests and things like that, but I wasn't really being intentional with that. And I've noticed, as I've been intentional with posting on LinkedIn, or just trying to engage with people, the amount of people who love to help, the amount of people who are reaching out, they're commenting on your post, they're giving you insights to help they do certain things. So with this whole intentionality for me with fatherhood and business and things like that, it's been fascinating. I'll ask questions of people and they will put in there things they do. Hey, on Monday morning, this is what I do. Or this is how I like to try to be intentional with my kids or whatever it might be. And you get to see and learn from other people ways of what they're doing that you can then apply to your own life. But with that, why I brought that up too is that the people really want to help is that deep down people are busy, but at the same time, if they can offer a connection or or they can do something to help you what i found is i've connected with someone who i did not know at all we might have some mutual connections but immediately they respond and say hey if i can help you in any way let me know shoot me your resume and i'll try to connect you to someone i know or i'll send your resume out to some connections i have and that's been really encouraging because i didn't know these people very well and they're going out and because our networks are valuable right because if if i'm going to put someone else's name out there from me that means I trust this person or I value this person. And that could leverage that person into a company or helping them move their career further along. And the benefit and the value of that is incredible. And so for me, I just didn't engage in LinkedIn the way I should have. And some people say, well, LinkedIn is only for sales. No, it's really not. It's for learning. It's for growing. It's for making those connections. And yeah, some of those things are kind of They happen as a result, but that's not the intention always for it. And everyone can benefit from these thought leaders. And for me as a younger, you know, I'll be 40 this year. There are seasoned C-suite people that I would love to learn from their mistakes I would love to learn from their successes. I would love to learn how they walked through the problems they faced. And it doesn't make me think of them less. It actually makes me think of them more because guess what? We're all making mistakes, but the best leaders are the ones that are honest about it and how they walked through those to help other people not walk through the same problems themselves. So I think those are the things where more leaders would be honest and open about that. And I think sometimes we're afraid that people will think less of us or somehow we'll be demoted. Somehow we won't get that promotion. But in all reality, the people I want to work with are those who are sharing the problems they faced in their career and how they solved them. Because the more people we can help, at the end of the day, it's just going to help our careers out as well.
0: So with that, you've actually inspired me that I will probably start talking a little bit more about the roller coaster and the lumps and bumps along the way. You're the second person today that I was networking with that actually said, I think we need to put more things out there about our failures and what have we learned from them because I think that would resonate so much more versus giving a false sense of everybody's so successful, they're only posting about their wins. And then it's somehow, if you allow it to bother you, you feel somewhat less because you're not realizing those gains. I'll tell you for all those wins, there's probably 10 or 15 oopses or experiments Mm -hmm. or curious ventures and detours we take before you arrive at something that actually works. And I'm still trying to figure that all out. But I want to just take this in another direction here because I didn't go through your entire bio, but you have a very, very unique bio, especially around your education. And your education doesn't seem like it relates to the work that you've done in your career, but there is also quite valuable in terms of who you are as a person. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your educational background and how that's come forward in your life as well as your career.
1: Yeah. So my future when I was going into college, I started at the University of Southern Indiana, but then I transitioned to a Bible college. And from there, I was planning on doing vocational full-time ministry as a pastor my whole career. And from there, I even went on to pursue a Master's of Divinity from a seminary. What was interesting was I did that and and I went all the way through I worked at you know at a few different churches I even church planted for a while and then I left there to jump into the business world where I jumped into the first company I worked for and a startup and before I started what we did One of the things I've looked back over the years, because I've I've sat there at times and and thought to myself, well, how am I using my education today? And I do use it in some ways with a local church that I'm actually a lay pastor at. I volunteer that time at as well. One of the greatest aspects, and my wife and I have, have talked a lot about this, was in my time in seminary, one of the greatest things they did was not all the content they taught me and the professors taught me and the time they spent to mentor us. But one of the greatest aspects they did was they taught me how to learn. And so they taught me how to research. They taught me how to figure things out and to dig deep into, into, into concepts and, and topics and things like that to, to understand them better and to digest them, to come out with that. So that's been one of the greatest things where for me, it's that aspect of having the ability to really learn something. Digest it and then have a good understanding of it to move forward. And that's where I've, I've, I've believed for myself, I do a really good job of problem solving, coming into a situation and I can kind of see it. Even with kind of our, our, the pastoral team that we have at our church, we went through some personality trait type stuff. And one of my things is I can sit back and I can wait and I can listen and then I'll have something to add to it. Once I kind of hear everything that's going on, I'm not going to jump right out initially in that sense and kind of just throw something out there. I want to digest it. I want to hear it. And then I'm going to bring something to the table from there. And I think that's kind of my research mindset. That's what brought us success in, in the hemp industry was, you know, if we, if we do things well, we start with great ingredients, we'll end with great products. And I was even talking with someone the other day and they said, well, I would have you know your background i would have thought you had a chemistry degree and i said no with our the technology we have available today with the information that's out there with the the brilliant people that are out there we can learn anything today and so don't, don't limit because you didn't go to school for that. We can teach ourselves these things and we can grow in another area. And that's where I'd encourage anyone is if you're interested in a topic or something, there's so much content out there. Look for those thought leaders in that area on LinkedIn, connect with them, ask them questions, shoot them a message. People want to help if they can. If you ask them the right questions and you give them exactly what you're looking for, they're willing to offer help and they're willing to give you that information.
0: So as I listen to you, I'm just wowed by, again, being quite clear in your thoughts, how to lead, how to engage with people, how to learn, how to speak. Any organization would be so lucky to have you at the helm or in that senior leader position. As you start thinking about the next phase for yourself and you are looking for the right opportunity that where you can provide value and be in service to others, what does the future look like for
1: you? Yeah, you know for me I'm really looking right now the next step more of a, a strategic operational role. So, you know when you think about that sometimes I'm left going, well when people hear that what are they thinking? That could be very broad. What does that mean for a lot of people when they hear that strategic operational role? And what I like to think of it as it's it's like the bridge between the big picture goals of a company, and then the practical steps needed to achieve those goals, creating specific plans and making sure everything runs smoothly and efficiently to reach those goals, right? It's essentially about making smart decisions, about utilizing the organization's resources wisely to, uh, to help the company be successful and deliver the best possible products and services to its customers. And that's where I feel like my with my skills and, and what I do best, I, I that lends me to do well in those types of roles.
0: You know, in addition to just technically being able to fill those roles regardless of the industry because you're curious and you learn quick is the fact that you would just be a great leader for others to be led or follow or be inspired because you're such a great storyteller. You can, I guess, explain things in a very practical way that resonates. So I would encourage you to keep putting thoughts out on LinkedIn. You never know where those connections may lead you, but you're also gonna just be a great leader of others and organizations. So truly, truly appreciate all of your thoughts during this interview. I do need to bring it to a close and I know this is not the end for us, just a beginning and a continuation. And I invite everybody to connect with you. You're an amazing person. You speak well, and I think you can definitely inspire others. Before we bring it to a close, are there any last thoughts that you would like to share?
1: Yeah, I think that whole being intentional is a big thing on how are we being intentional with our lives, you know, whether it's our career or our personal life. And I think a lot of us, we go all in in one area, primarily our career, but we forget about the other side. And the last thing I want for people down the road is to regret the times they missed with their kids. I'll share one final story. And I mentioned this on LinkedIn at one point, but my dad made, he was a pastor my whole life. And my dad made a priority to always be at my, any type of sporting event I was playing, you know, whether it's football, basketball, or baseball. And I can count on less than one hand, a time that he wasn't at one of my games. And it's not that I'm, I'm so angry he wasn't there. It's because it was so rare that I can remember that. And it was something that he needed to be at that kind of balance, right? Where sometimes he needed to be somewhere. He had an important meeting he had to be at. and It was okay because immediately I was on the phone with him after the game. One of them actually hit a home run in a baseball game. And the first person I called after the game was him. And he was so excited. And I knew, I knew it was harder on him not being there than me being upset he wasn't there. And so understanding that, that, when we're intentional with that, and we're intentional with our kids, when our career has to take the place in that moment, and we can't be there for something, our kids go, it's okay, because I know they love me, and that they would be here if they could. And so just being intentional, I think is so important that I, I want to encourage everyone to just really try to focus in that area as well.
0: Beautiful words. Thank you so much for dropping in on the podcast. It's been a pleasure bringing your stories forward. And I do encourage my listeners to reach out to Jared Martin. Thank you for being a great guest. And I do wish you continued success. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. If you found this episode valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who would find it useful and inspiring. Your support allows me to keep sharing insights and inspiration to leaders who are working their way to the C-suite. To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.